Hi everyone, first thing I want to say is happy World Mental Health Day. This is the ninth podcast um, and there will be a tenth and that's going to be the contribution post, uh, oh, contribution podcast. Um, but this podcast in particular is chatting to Urosh and he's from the Psychosocial Innovation Network. And they're a non-governmental organisation uh, founded with the aim of achieving different goals in the field of psychological practice. So um, they do things like have different um, counselling and support sessions and empowerment sessions for refugees and also conduct different researches in order to uh, improve the lives of, ref- of refugees in a better way and different educational challenges and things and they release reports and all sorts of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, me and Urosh had a chat because um, volunteering can be a way in which uh, if you are suffering with uh, any mental health issues, um, can help improve your well-being and self-esteem and all those lovely bits. Um, yeah, so enjoy. I just want to, to mention that today is a World Mental Health Day and I think that it's very, very important to talk about mental health uh, issues, about mental health problems and this is a very important topic that we all should consider and talk about. So. Mm-hmm. I also agree that it's incredibly important. I mean, not just from based on my experiences, but the fact that it is something that can affect so many different people's lives. And I guess the more we talk about it, the easier it's going to get yes. to be able to deal with. And former UN Secretary General Kofi Annan once said, uh, uh, there is no health without mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good sentence about yeah. what we are talking here today. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Okay, so the first question I had, mm-hmm. it was based on um, when I was first going through mental health issues, I had no idea what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom provided me with all sorts of booklets about explaining what was going on with my mental health. And one of them was from this charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ways that it suggests um, to help your mental health is that um, there, if you volunteer, it could be a way in which it improves your well-being. Mm-hmm. So do you agree with this? And do you happen to have an expert's opinion on how this could help? Yes. Uh, once I read a study uh, about, about this particular topic and uh, about correlation between uh, well-being and volunteering. And I don't know, because I, I, I don't know exact results of this study, but it turned out that um, if you're involved in, involved in volunteering, it can help you... Uh, feel better about yourself and your well-being is, uh, will, will be improved. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that uh, w- which is more important than this is uh, empathy as a concept, yeah. you know. So um, there are two, two parts of empathy. One is uh, recognizing the, the other people's emotions and the other one is uh, responding to, 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 to that. So I think volunteering is a chance for us to get connected with the people we are helping with. So, and uh, empathy is a powerful tool that we can use not just to help others, but to learn a lot about ourselves and about other person. Mm-hmm. And it can be a, a tool for personal growth and personal, personal growth and a way of, uh, you know, improving improving ourselves and improving the people we are helping. Mm-hmm. And also there is, a, in psychology, one uh, 
this is other topic, but I, I think it's connected to this. There is contact hypothesis or contact theory. Um, it's it's uh, proposed by psychologist Gordon Olport, and this theory says that uh, when we get in touch with uh, people we consider other, you know. So I think it's especially important with the people with mental disorder mm -hmm. because they're also uh, sometimes, unfortunately, considered as others, mm -hmm. you know, as someone who are not me. So uh, we, as us, are perceived as people with uh, healthy people, mm -hmm. and they're, you know, uh, sick people who are others from us. So uh, this, this Alport theory states, states that uh, under appropriate condition, uh, this contact is the most efficient way of reducing prejudice and stereotypes and even discrimination uh, uh, between the groups. Mm -hmm. So uh, keeping in mind that there is a lot of prejudice toward the people with mental health problems, volunteering, I think, can be an effective way in, uh, in which we can get to know uh, better this person with mental uh, health problems and uh, we all have some sorts of mental problems so it's not the others it's it's all of us yeah it affects who, all of yes us. and uh, also um, i think the important thing is to say that mental health is uh, now considered in in, in um, contemporary psychology as a continuum you know so we are all moving through this continuum it's not a binary uh, call you know if you are uh, you have mental health problems or you don't mm -hmm. you know we all moving through the through, through this continuum and yeah. uh, engage in some traumatic experience we are moving down the continuum or, mm -hmm. or left or right you know it, it depends so I think yes volunteering is a very very good way to understand mental health issues yeah. and to to fight it what about in specific to the volunteering that we do so uh, let's say uh, what, I, what my role is in volunteering isn't specifically working with people with mental health issues necessarily or not that I'm personally aware of they could do but I, I don't know them to that level mm -hmm. but would you say that even if it's volunteering say for the elderly or for refugees and migrants that that's still beneficial rather than specifically mental health issues Yes, I agree because uh, chances to to uh, chance to to help uh, to to other to others is um, uh, is also opportunity for personal growth and mm -hmm. for for getting to know ourselves better. So, yeah, for sure, I think volunteering is a, is a very good way for for. Could you explain again the stages of trauma in PTSD and perhaps yes. clarify whether these stages also count for other forms of mental health issues? Yes. So, yes, there are uh, these three stages of, of trauma that we talked about. And um, I think uh, uh, very... Uh, yeah, the, the, these are the, the, the stages of stabilization where people... Uh, you want me to explain it further? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, the first step in trauma experience is st stabilization. So um, after the traumatic experience, uh, people tend to, uh, affected by trauma, tend to feel unsafe in their bodies and uh, in their relationship with, with others. So I think the most important thing that we as uh, uh, professionals or we as uh, friends helping to, to, to each other is um, help this person to regain a sense of, sa sense of safety. Um, so uh, we need to provide them with a safe space where they can, you know, uh, try to, to regain as much as um, 
sense of safety or, or, or ordinary things or, or ordinary needs that can be fulfilled for, 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 for this person. So uh, after this, uh, there is a stage of identification and mourning. Um, so this is the this is the stage where the you know um, you know we, we must help people to regain a, to make a meaning of this traumatic experience. You know to to try to uh, to see what happened to them, but not as a uh, so so so. In, in the best way, we must help them to uh, not just to be a victims, but to be survivors. Mm -hmm. We can help them uh, to, to go to this transition, not, not just be a, a victim, but a survivor, someone who, who endured and someone who, who fought with the, with the hardships. And of course, third stage is uh, integration. Uh, the goal of this stage is restoring hope recognizing and utilizing strengths for personal growth and relying on a wider uh, psychosocial support or, or wider social support both professional and non-professional and i think this uh, these three stages of trauma could be could be also used for mental health problems uh, for example uh, big traumas like wars like earthquakes and are are traumas that uh, tend to um, wide range of people is affected uh, by by this traumatic experience, but I think that uh, someone with uh, mental health problems has his own personal trauma to deal with. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think these three stages of trauma could be also used to explain what the people with mental health problems are going through. We can think of mental disorder as a, as I said as a kind of traumatic experience, personal traumatic experience. Uh, like in this uh, big, big traumatic experiences, uh, when it happens, it most often surprised person. You mm -hmm. know, um, it can be intensive for person. Uh, it can be a big change in hers or his uh, everyday life. It can cause significant distress, and uh, of course, as in this trauma, a person with mental health problems uh, need uh, help and support. Mental health problems can be also significant family trauma, not just a personal mm -hmm. trauma. So, uh, first we have a st stabilization phase. Uh, people tend to feel unsafe. And goal is to help them regain sense of safety, you know, to empower them to work on their strengths when, when they're dealing with, uh, with mental health problems. Mm -hmm. After that, we have this stage of identification. It could be a stage where a person can get uh, psychotherapy, for example. You know, this is the stage where a, a person can uh, redefine what she or he is going through, you know. So, and, and I think the psychotherapy is the best way for a person to, to you know, get a long-term mm -hmm. help for mental health problems. And, of course, we have, uh, finally, we have integration. So, a person is restoring hope. Uh, this is a chance for personal growth and relying on uh, their friends, family, and also professional support, mm -hmm. like a psychotherapist or, or other, other professionals, mental health professionals. My next question is, when we were having the talk, mm -hmm. um, is it true that you can feel these things if other people have experienced them? So, like, if someone else... I can't remember whether this was a true thing or a non-true mm -hmm. thing yes. in the questionnaire we did. Mm -hmm. Whether if someone goes through a traumatic experience, mm -hmm. you can still, be like, end up 
with PTSD or some other type of mental health problem because of that. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, as a, a secondary traumatization, yeah. yes, uh, vicarious traumatization yeah. that we talked about on training. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, th- this is the, the, the big issue, you know, when, when this is a, as we talked about empathy, you know, empathy is a way of connecting uh, with people, of course, and we all had more or less uh, capacity for, for empathy. And mm-hmm. uh, if uh, the mental, not mental health professional, but volunteer, has uh, no, no uh, doesn't have um, clear boundaries and his empathetic uh, 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 empathy as a, as as a way of you know connecting with people is too uh, if he is too much involved mm-hmm. he can uh, have also the symptoms uh, you know it's it's not not so unordinary to have all those symptoms that that his beneficiary have. Yeah. So uh, one of our ways that we are doing in PIN, in our organization, organizing these support groups that uh, that are there to prevent uh, this this secondary traumatization Mm -hmm. in the people who are working with refugees. It is a very important issue that we are addressing too. Yeah. I think it's really important. It's definitely what um, our group says to us all the time like you know be careful with yourself because it's important that the volunteers are just as much okay as the beneficiaries and uh, just to say uh, this also uh, you know it doesn't have to be some big things like uh, like uh, the the people who are working with refugees are experiencing some uh, uh, flashbacks or bad Mm -hmm. dreams it it could be you know um, uh, just you know blood pressure or uh, trouble sleeping mm-hmm. not not to be extreme like nightmares or flashbacks you know it can be yeah. uh, some small changes in everyday you know routine uh, in everyday emotions uh, cognitions or or behavior that are changing as a result of of working with tra- traumatized traumatized people yeah. i think that's really interesting because i i didn't know that at all before i came to volunteer and then obviously with the training and then what um, our group have said to us, like mm-hmm. it's, I didn't realise how yeah, yes. it can affect people. Would you say as well that obviously different um, different people are affected in different ways? So like you've got, let's say you've got a group of people in one room mm-hmm. and um, one incident happens with a beneficiary where they have like a flashback or something or mm-hmm. explain something. There'll be some people in the room that will feel that and understand it and not have any sort of reactions from it but then there'll be some people that are deeply Mm -hmm. reacted to to that does that make sense yes of course because uh, i think uh, i think we all have a different uh, uh, different i don't know degree of empathetic uh, capacity 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 for empathy and also uh, i think it's very important that uh, that we we also uh, undergo these trainings and and etc to uh, make a clear boundaries, you know. So empathy is a way for us to uh, help a person. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just jump into uh, this person's shoes and we see how, how, how she or he feels. We try to help them as much as we can. But then we need to return to ourselves and to make, uh, make, uh, uh, to make some, you know, boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, don't, we do not endanger ourselves. Yeah. And also, I think uh, connected to this is a concept of resilience. You know, this is the uh, our ca- capacity to 
to endure, uh, you know, these uh, these difficulties or uh, that we are facing or our, our beneficiaries facing. So, I think it's important to to develop this capacity for for you know mm-hmm. for resilience. As a psychologist, how would you explain or describe mental health problems mm-hmm. such as anxiety, depression, PTSD, schizophrenia? Rather than simply, oh, this person worries all the time, or they're always sad, because mm-hmm. that's how yes. that's how we describe it. It's like, oh, I just I get really sad, or I don't feel certain emotions, mm-hmm. or this and this happens. It can be quite hard to translate, and a lot of different people uh, talk about their feelings in very different ways as well. So, what's the way that, as a psychologist, you would explain? Yes. It's a, it's a very it's very hard to give an answer to, to mm-hmm. this this particular question. You know, it's a million million dollar question. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I remember when we on my studies, you know, there was one professor on one uh, class, and he said, uh, "Could you imagine emotion?" You know, and we all said, "Of course we can." You know, okay, can you draw uh, draw it? You know, so try to draw uh, emotion, and we, tr- we tried, you know, so with happiness, it's kind of easy, you know, it's mm. sound flashing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and with sadness, it's it's kind of hard, and with all other complex emotion, it's even harder for, 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 for us. If you uh, read DSM, uh, Diagnostic and Statistic Manual for Mental Disorders, um, all you can read is uh, symptoms of disorders, mm-hmm. so if a person has this, this, and that, uh, for example, three or four of all of these symptoms, she can be diagnosed with, diagnosed with uh, depression, anxiety disorder, or stuff like that. So, uh, so I think that uh, current uh, biomedical model of mental health is uh, is pre- it is predominant model used uh, by psychiatry today, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, we have a way of diagnosing mental health. We are diagnosing and we are treating uh, with some medication or psychotherapy. And yeah, but I think this uh, biomedical model is very limited because it uh, doesn't take into account the role of person's mind or role of society or mm-hmm. roles of um, other other social factors that could be uh, could have impact on on personal uh, on person's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in bad way or in good way, mm-hmm. and the situation is even even more difficult when we want to talk about causes yeah. of mental health disorders. And for example, uh, we don't know much about what causes certain uh, mental uh, mental health problem or mental health issue disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we do know about risk factors, but we don't know much about what causes. For example, we know that uh, schizophrenia is connected to some structural abnormalities in the brain that uh, can uh, even, even, even prenatal uh, structural changes in, in a neuro, neuro de- development. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that uh, it is connected to uh, changes in neurotransmitter, uh, like a uh, dopamine famous dopamine hypothesis, mm-hmm. serotonin, glutamate, etc. And uh, we also know that some, uh, some uh, psychological or even social factors are connected with, with schizophrenia, but we don't know what causes it, what is causing the, the schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So uh, when talking about mental health disorders, it's always complex interaction between uh, genetic and uh, environmental factors. Mm-hmm. 
this is very very complex uh, method to, to discuss. Yes, and I think that the best way way would be to consider the biopsychosocial model, which uh, is a broad way, uh, view that attributes disease outcome to the interaction of biological factors, psychological factors, and uh, of course social factors. Uh, what coping mechanisms or mindfulness strategies would you recommend to those going through mental health issues from a psychologist's perspective? So, for example, um, as part of PIN, what methods do PIN use as a way to improve the mental health of those potentially suffering with PTSD? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, in PIN, our tend to... Um, uh, our, our first goal is to help our beneficiaries in uh, every possible way. So, uh, you know, we are providing, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a term psychosocial support, but what does it mean? So we are uh, trying to provide as much uh, help as the person can get, but what is this help? It, it can be information, you know, sometimes if, if the person... Uh, arrives in Serbia for the first time and she doesn't know where, is, where the police is, where she, what are her rights, mm -hmm. uh, where could she or he go, you know, it is very important to tell her. So, so it's, it, it's, it, it, uh, it looks like uh, not some big intervention, but when the people is faced with the unknown country, uh, it can be very important, important. but, uh, you know, uh, other things that we can do, we try to empower the person, you know. So, uh, also, you know, there are some positive coping mechanisms that we can help our beneficiaries to adopt, develop and strengthen this coping mechanism. So, I think uh, building this coping mechanism is, mechanisms is very important and we are trying to empower our beneficiaries to, to do do this for, for themselves. Mm -hmm. So we are organizing different kinds of workshops for them where they can learn, where they can socialize with each other and, and even we have a, this uh, peer, uh, peer uh, transfer of knowledge where some refugees who are better, for example, in Serbian, they can teach uh, other refugees uh, to speak Serbian. So we have mm -hmm. kind of, some, not all the time, but we have a few classes where they teach each other uh, different life skills or language and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So uh, about coping mechanism, I think, uh, you know, uh, there are lots of coping mechanisms that we can help them to develop, which are not so hard to impl implement mm -hmm. or, or learn. Like, uh, we can teach them you know, of importance of physical activity. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, as you said, mindfulness. Mindfulness techniques are, are very good and uh, very... I don't know. I, I tried mindfulness recently, mm -hmm. and I was I was thrilled, you know, by the. I I, I was on some workshops, and I, I didn't even care about the mindfulness. Yeah. And uh, this this uh, this psychologist from from Netherlands came, and he he he's practicing the mindfulness for a, a few not few years for a dozen of years, and we all practiced in some some exercising and and it was great it was great to to be able to focus on this particular moment and i think mindfulness also can be can be very useful in 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 helping oneself to endure or or to help ourselves in in the times of uh, you know difficulties or mm -hmm. stuff like that
So reading, taking time for, for ourselves, having pets, sleeping well, eating healthy, all mm -hmm, these are, mm -hmm. are, are positive coping mechanisms which are not very hard to, to implement in yeah. our everyday routine. But it's definitely... So part of this project was um, I would like go extremely mindful, so I'd made sure that I'd walked eight kilometers mm -hmm. every day and that I'd make sure that I'd eat all like three decent meals. And then those sound don't sound like big challenges because yeah. it's like, oh well you walk to and from work or whatever and you know, you have to meet, eat your three meals a day. But you forget like I, I definitely knew that when I was um not feeling so great in my mental health, that those were things that even though they're what we would consider normal things to be doing, that I just wouldn't go out and do or wouldn't make myself do or I'd feel a lack of motivation to do it so even though those things don't necessarily seem like a challenge or yes. like something they you know that you need to challenged. make an effort to do but they yes. actually can be and yes. just to be aware of doing those things in the day is still a good way of maintaining your of mental health I agree completely Okay, guys, that was the ninth podcast. There's only one left. Uh, don't forget to donate. Don't forget to share. All those bits and pieces. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, thank you so much, guys. This And thanks, Orosh. This was a really amazing chat and I guess gave me more of scientific, uh, if you will, insight into the world of mental health as opposed to um, just regular chats. So I think it's going to be a really helpful uh, podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I really hope that this helps someone out there. And remember, if you do want to check out my blog, that will be linked here as well. Um, but also, if you do want to um, explore PIN a little bit more, their website will be linked to this podcast as well. And yeah, if you wanted to read up on volunteering and stuff, there'll be a few links for that too.